Hey there, you're listening to the Chamber Connection Podcast, conversation to keep you connected, featuring members, partners, and friends of the Ord Area Chamber of Commerce. Childcare can have a ripple effect through a local economy. If there's no childcare availability, parents cannot work and businesses cannot hire employees. Without employees to hire, businesses cannot start or grow. If businesses cannot grow, communities cannot thrive. Childcare quality can also have an effect on local economies, as childcare providers are contributing to attributes of the future residents and workforce. Studies show that children who are enrolled in high-quality early childcare have better career opportunities, improved health, and lower levels of dependency and criminal activity. Many Nebraska lawmakers are coming to the realization that investing in quality early childcare is important for the future of our state. Playing an important part in this realization is First Five Nebraska, a team of professionals with combined experience in government relations, data analysis, and strategic communications. First Five Nebraska is working to ensure that more of Nebraska's youngest, most vulnerable children begin life with the kinds of developmental experiences that set them on a path to becoming successful students and productive citizens. Hi, I'm Katie Wamsley, Program Coordinator for Loop Valley Childhood Initiative. Today, I'm joined by Mike Feakin, Strategic Partnership Advisor for First Five Nebraska, to talk about some changing legislation that could be one step toward changing the way Nebraska views and supports childcare. Uh, well, Mike, welcome to the Chamber Connections podcast. We're really glad that you could join us today. Um, today, we just kind of want to share with our, our listeners more information about legislative changes that um, could affect childcare. And the Nebraska Child Care Contribution Tax Credit, or LB 531, was just introduced to the Revenue Committee on, that. let's see, that was February 4th. So could you tell us a little more about the Legislative Bill 531? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks, thanks for inviting me and having me on here. Yeah. So uh, Legislative Bill 531, uh, introduced by Senator Breezy, District 41, which... Uh, uh, Valley County is a part of, uh, would create the Nebraska Child Care Contribution Tax Credit. And what this program does, or, or what it hopes to do, is incentivize individuals and businesses to invest in early childhood education, uh, early care programs and providers. And so, long story short, I guess, would be that w- business that perhaps wants to help their uh, em- their employees, their, their working parents, and, and especially in the especially in response to COVID, could make contributions uh, in the form of you know um, cash or uh, grain commodities or livestock uh, to an eligible um, child care provider. And the, so the hope then is that uh, the, the provider would be able to uh, afford more learning uh, materials, uh, equipment like personal, um, like the PPE, or uh, help boost salaries so that we can keep uh, a, you know, a, a workforce that is committed and trained and educated and everything, all in the hopes of enhancing quality care so that 
that uh, the the kids that are enrolled in in those programs have a great you know great situation, so that the working parents then can have a great situation with uh, with their work. Great. So. I know you kind of touched on this a little, but um, what would this tax credit mean for for childcare providers? Well, hopefully, there, there's a there's a lot of kind of maybe direct things that can result of this, but then there's also some side or you know some some other indirect uh, benefits or, or impact that we hope to to achieve with this credit program. Number one is again hoping that businesses or individuals can make direct investments, direct contributions to the eligible providers. Again, that, that will help create um, and enhance current, uh, current programs so that they continue to do the good work that they're doing. That's really, that's really kind of a direct impact. Some of the indirect stuff is we really want to be able to have employers and programs or, or providers create a relationship because what we what we really see moving forward is that in order for employers and employees the working parents to be able to continue to uh, stay in the workforce we really need uh, programs and providers to remain open stay open uh, so that they can enable that workforce to continue to work that that would be an example of an indirect benefit of this tax credit program. You know, we really think that this contribution tax, childcare contribution tax credit is a great way uh, to incentivize that private sector because we know right now that the industry for early care and early childhood education is, is underfunded and we're not going to get to a, um, you know, a more appropriately funded industry on the backs of parents or the providers. We're going to need to see more public and private partnerships. And we think that LB 531 is a great, is a great step forward uh, for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just as working with Loop Valley Childhood Initiative as their program coordinator, you know, I've learned so much about the ripple effects of childcare in a local economy. And it's just really great to see the state recognizing childcare as a way for economic prosperity and um, growing our workforce and, and just it being recognized as more important and changing the narrative surrounding childcare. So I think that's, that's really great for the state. Yeah. And I would, I guess I would add on to that. We don't have it. We don't have data uh, necessarily on the local level or the, or county or regional level, but if you go to um, our website, which is first5nebraska.org, you can look for an uh, economic impact study that was commissioned by First Five Nebraska in conjunction with the University of Nebraska Business Research Bureau entitled The Bottom Line. And it actually did take a look at the economic impacts, the direct and the multiplied uh, effects of inadequate child care in Nebraska. And what that study will tell you is that with inadequate childcare, and that could be because of affordability or accessibility of quality childcare, the state of Nebraska loses loses uh, direct uh, revenue. Our businesses they lose direct revenue, 
and our individual working parents lose direct revenue. And all together, when you take a look at all of those combined, those three, uh, the like corporate income, individual income, and, and state tax revenue, there is direct impact of $745 million lost annually due wow. to uh, inadequacies in, in quality childcare. Now, it, when you add in the multiplied effect, it, uh, it actually raises that number to about $1.4 billion in losses to the state just because of inadequate childcare. Wow, that's crazy. So I was actually able to watch the uh, revenue hearing on the 4th where this bill was introduced. And they talked a lot about opportunity zones and a large part of Valley County is in an opportunity zone. What exactly is an opportunity zone and how does this benefit our residents or more specifically our childcare providers? Yeah, so part of uh, the what is proposed as the child care contribution tax credit is that tax credit would be tiered. So if you if a individual or a business makes a contribution to an eligible provider or program or an inter- intermediary, it is considered eligible for a 50% non-refundable tax credit. There are tiers to that though. So uh, like you had brought up in the bill itself, is an additional incentive for contributions made to programs and providers that are in an opportunity zone. And for those types of contributions, the the tier then is 75% non-refundable tax credit. And so opportunity zones were um, created um, on the federal level. Well, I should say that the program itself was created on the federal level. And then in, I think, to 2018, it was opened in the state of Nebraska for certain census tracts. And so in these census tracts, each community or county had the opportunity to propose that one of their eligible census tracts be identified as an opportunity zone in Nebraska. And what it means for an opportunity zone is that it is a kind of chronically low income or chronically uh, uh, in poverty. And so when you meet certain, those income and wage thresholds, you are eligible in those certain census tracts to become an opportunity zone. And so it, it was throughout Nebraska, there were 44 census tracts that were identified as being an opportunity zone. And like you said, a lot of uh, Valley County and a lot of Ord itself is in that um, what's considered an opportunity zone. And so what it means for those providers in the opportunity zone is that now they can reach out to individuals or businesses and really kind of um, promote or propose, hey, you know, I'm, if you contribute to my program, I can then um, make it possible for you to get a 75% non-refundable tax credit. And so the, the whole point is trying to drive investment into those areas, uh, in those opportunity area areas and drive more investment, create better relationships between programs and, and the contributors and uh, make sure that with other activity that's happening in an opportunity zone, that childcare is not forgotten, is that it's part of an overall plan in redevelopment. And so 
in opportunity zones throughout, you know, throughout the nation, because it is a federal program, you're seeing uh, investment driven into those opportunity zones where you might see new, um, uh, uh, like townhomes, new apartments, new uh, mixed use commercial and residential. And so we want to make sure if, if there's going to be that kind of investment and maybe more people are going to be moving there, or more, there's going to be more job opportunities. Let's not forget about childcare in that equation, because we know when people are commuting to work, when they're, when they're going, you know, uh, when we talk about commuting, I know in Ord, it's, you know, anything over two minutes is probably, you know, it's rush hour, you know, <laughs> but we got to think about when, when, you know, if, if folks are coming in from out in the country and they're driving to a job in, you know, say in Ord, okay, let's not forget about that. We're going to need to think about childcare in, in this area as well. I think right now your statistics uh, for Ord in that opportunity zone, there are uh, a total of, I believe that there are nine licensed providers in the Valley County Opportunity Zone. However, only two of them are enrolled in the Nebraska Quality Rating System, which is called Step Up to Quality. And another provision of the Child Care Contribution Tax Credit is that in order to be eligible, they do need to be enrolled into Step Up to Quality. And so uh, right now, two providers in um, in that opportunity zone would be eligible for the for the credit. Okay, so in order for a provider to um, receive or to if they get funds from say a business or an individual, in order for that person to get this tax credit, they have to be enrolled in Step Up to Quality. Correct. Yes, they do. Uh, so Colorado has a version of the uh, contribution tax credit, which we modeled this program off of a lot. Uh, and we've been working with Senator Breezy on, on how to make improvements to it and to, um, you know, make sure that we were really focusing on quality. And so there is the added component to, to our version of the child care contribution tax credit, which, which, yeah, does um, mean that in order to be eligible, they need to be enrolled in, in step up to quality, which is uh, the Nebraska quality rating system. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, where you come in at on that, on that quality rating program, you could be a step one, or you can be a, you know, uh, all the way to a step five. You just need to be uh, a part of that program in order to be eligible. Okay. And, and like I mentioned earlier, this, um, for those listening, this was just introduced to the um, revenue committee on February 4th. So for those of us who were not paying attention in high school government, <laughs> me, <laughs> could you explain the process the bill needs to go through before it becomes law? Sure. Um, I could do my best impression of Schoolhouse Rock, like, <laughs> and a bill becomes a law, I'm just a bill, you know, I could try that, but uh, I might be dating myself. Uh, some <laughs> of the listeners might, they might just think that I'm crazy. Others will understand what I'm saying, but uh, I can try and go kind of go through the process real, real quick. I'm going to speak in generalities because there are some exceptions to just about every step. Um, but in, in general, in general terms, Nebraska, as we all know, is unique because we have a unicameral. And so that means that it's just one body for our legislature. And so we are, we are unique that we don't have, uh, say, two sides. Uh, what you will hear a lot of times is that the people, uh, you know, the citizens of the, of the state are, 
other house, okay? And so what that means is when an idea is put forward as a bill, it, uh, it first starts out at the committee level. And so with LB 531, it, it, went, it was referred to the revenue committee. And the other unique thing about our unicameral is that every bill that is in a committee is due a public hearing. And so there's always the, the, you know, the watchfulness of the citizen. They have an opportunity to uh, speak in, you know, in support of the proposed legislation against it, or uh, they can also testify in, you know, neutral capacity, which is, you know, saying, well, we're not necessarily for, we're not necessarily against, here's some things that we're watching, um, but we do have an eye on, you know, eye on the, on the language. So after that hearing, there uh, is deliberation by the committee and they can either um, vote to, you know, send it, send it on, send it out of the committee um, to the rest of the, you know, the, the rest of the floor they can indefinitely postpone a bill or they can um, basically just keep it in committee. And so our hope is, is that LB 531 will get out of committee and it'll make it to the floor. If it does, it'll, it goes to what's called select file. And with select file, that gives the, the, the whole body, all 49 senators, the opportunity to uh, debate and talk about it on the floor all the way through, then they can have the opportunity to talk about the merits of the bill, uh, talk about any fiscal, uh, you know, monetary uh, expenditures or, or anything like that, and then have the chance to move it on to, to proceed through the process. And oh, I'm sorry, I messed that up. It's general file first, and then it goes to select file. And then if it, if it goes out of there, then it goes to final reading. And uh, all, along the, all along the way, they have, the senators have the opportunity to hear from constituents in their district about whether or not they think that that, you know, whether or not that bill should pass or whether it, it should fail. And if it advances past final reading, then it goes to the governor's desk and then there's another opportunity for the governor to either sign it into law or he can veto it, he or she can veto it. And then, it, it, you know, then there's the opportunity to ha have it sent back to the legislature and they can decide whether they have enough votes to override the veto or um, the, the, the law just will not be enacted and, and uh, the bill will stay there. So if this bill passes, how can businesses and individuals receive this tax credit or participate in, in receiving this tax credit? Good question. Uh, so right now, the, the way that it's written, a lot of the end kind of end paperwork is going to live with the Department of Revenue. And so even if it becomes law, there'll still need to be some things changed on like individual or corporate tax returns. There's going to have to be some filing requirements that would be completed when the program or provider accepts the, accepts the contribution, where they would have to essentially certify that they're going to use it for eligible uses. And again, those eligible uses would be for uh, really anything that would enhance quality care in their program. So again, that could be 
the purchase of instructional materials, safety equipment. It could also mean uh, expansion um, of, you know, of an area if they needed playground equipment or uh, wanted to build on or, you know, something to that effect, they would need to certify on a, on a form saying that that's what they're going to use the dollars for. And then the, the Department of Revenue will be able to, in theory, which we hope, again, the, all that paperwork still would need to be created, uh, would then be able to uh, make sure that, that the information that was provided by the uh, program or provider and the contributor all matched up and, and then they would be able to um, be extended that non-refundable tax credit. Okay, awesome. Well, it's been very interesting learning about this bill and the process for it to possibly become law. Uh, we really appreciate you visiting with us today about this and and even just First Five Nebraska in general, all the work they're doing to help further the efforts of quality childcare and, and capacity for rural communities and um, I think I really hope this bill gets passed. I think it would be great for the entire state. Yeah, we really see this as a as a workforce enabler. Um, th- this type of this type of incentive program. I will, uh, and I guess what I really want to add to the to the back end of this conversation is that this is for early childhood um, education or early care programs that are nonprofit or for profit, and so that means that. Our home providers, our, our, our family home providers, the ones that are in their house are eligible for this. And we think that that's a, that's a real key thing in rural areas because we know that in order, you know, in, in a lot of places, that is a, a key economic driver is those providers that are in their, you know, in their home, open up their own homes. And, you know, we know that profit margins are really thin, but those programs really do help out so much because uh, center-based is, you know, is, is great, but it's expensive to run. Uh, you know, when you add in real estate, um, like purchasing of real estate and making sure that you're going to have enough teachers basically to um, hit all of the health requirements and, and everything like that. It's just, it, it's not feasible in every rural scenario. And so, we really wanted to make sure that this this program would benefit those those uh, at home providers that do such a crucial job. Thanks again to Mike Feakin for joining us for this episode of the Chamber Connections podcast. You can learn more about the Child Care Contribution Tax Credit and other work by First Five Nebraska by visiting their website, firstfivenebraska.org. To learn more about Loop Valley Childhood Initiative and how they are working to create child care opportunities in your area visit loopvalleychildhoodinitiative.com. Thanks for tuning in.